Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley, and this is the podcast segment of our show that is not broadcast on station KLA. Our guest for the 428th show is Dieter Drake, Director of Operations for RAGBRAI who will be talking to us about the Ragbri cycling race. Our history buffs for today's show are Jay Swords and Terry Toppler. Terry, you get to ask the first question. Yes, Dieter, I'd like to know a little bit about how one becomes a host town. Uh, so when they apply online, are there certain requirements uh, that you look for? That's a, a great question. So that process starts uh, in the fall for us each year. In fact, we're in the midst of that right now. Um, so they, they can apply online or they can send us a paper application. Um, and, uh, you know, generally speaking, we're looking for a, a community that's got, uh, as you know, RAGBRAI is a, a camping event, too. So people need to camp. So we look for a lot of green space and places for people to, to camp. Um, you know, that typically is a fairgrounds or... Hi, congratulations. This is your official notification. Since you haven't missed any electric bill payments in the last six months, now you're eligible to get 20 to 25% savings on your electric and gas bills. Please press 1 to get your new discounted rates. Really? Um, that's a real good part of RAGBRAI. We have to do that every year as well. Um, the Road Pirates forgot to pay, and that's why that happened there. You're there, Dieter? <laughs> So, yeah, but it's a great, it's a wonderful process for me to be a part of, obviously, getting those, those communities engaged. And, and then we start meeting with them right away, starting once, once we announce the route in January. And it's just a great process to watch them kind of evolve and, and uh, get prepared for having fifteen or 20,000 people on bicycles come through town in July. So it's, it's a great process. And they are very welcoming, too. Jay? Um, I'm going to kind of follow up on teams because you said during the break that um, – that really the teams are, are what kept RAGBRAI going because their enthusiasm um, really kind of drove and inspired other people to join. Uh, and I'm interested in that because when I rode in the early 80s, um, obviously there were a group of us who did it, so, so we were a team in one sense, but we certainly in no way organized and did all of the wild and crazy things that you, that you see now. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that team process works and what you do in order to encourage that or, um, control that to some extent because the teams can also get a little out of control once in a while. And so how do you sort of manage that so that the teams become, uh, stay such a big part of things without having things sort of spiral out of control. Right. So I mentioned during the break, yeah, the teams have been so important to the success and the sustainability of RAGBRAI over the years. Um, and again, without their support, um, I think, the, you know, the, the number of people that would register and the number of people that would participate and just the, the, the scope and the reach of RAGBRAI from a marketing perspective would be very much diminished because the teams, again, Ragbrise is as much a, a social uh, event across Iowa as it is a bicycling event, so the teams really inspire that for us. 
So they'll, you know, they, they organize amongst themselves basically. And we talked about the team buses and things like that. They, they do all that themselves. So for, for us, from our perspective, we want to cater to their needs as much as we possibly can. Although we do have a lot of individual riders, obviously, and that's not a small number, but the teams within Iowa and outside of Iowa have been such a big part of it. So as far as registration, for example, we'll, we, they can register as a team, which is great. So they can sign on. They have a team leader or a team director or a group of people that can register each, each rider individually on, uh, on their website as a team, actually. So that's one, one thing that we do. We actually provide, I mentioned the, the team buses, we provide a, a, a route for all the drivers for those team buses and support vehicles uh, so they can get from each overnight town to the next safely um, and optimally so they're not hitting a lot of traffic and construction and certainly so they don't cross over the, the rider route. So, so those are some of the just two examples of things that we, we kind of uh, we cater to the teams to make sure they're, they're felt comfortable and their team members are, are happy on the route. And uh, again, the, so they continue to come to Rag right year over year. It always um, amazes me because it is truly a kaleidoscope of um, perspectives, whether it's, you're right, athletic or artistic or musical or all the above. Right. I'm, it always sits there and perplexes me, though, again, when you pick the list uh, to sit there the final in January, where it's January, the last Saturday of the month. And it, again, people eagerly await by their phones or their televisions for the announcement of where the route is going to be. Um, that anticipation, I don't think there's any other event that people, the masses take part of that has that kind of feel. Um, when did that really start taking off? I mean, again, you're talking nearly 50 years, but was it like in the eighties where it just, that's where it really started going uphill or when? I, I got, yeah, again, I wasn't around rag ride that time. So I got to believe in the early nineties and through the nineties. And I've heard stories of the route announcement party being, being this, this whole other event. And it certainly is now. Um, and it's, it's this great tradition. Again, it's 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 a, it's a it's a it's been a gala event in the past, and obviously with, with the pandemic, the last year we had to scale that down a little bit, make it more of a virtual event. Um, but it's it's just this. Uh, again, we have a great partner on that weekend with the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, who holds their expo at the same time in Des Moines. Um, so we're going to do that same thing in, in January of 2022. Um, but it's it's. It's an amazing thing. Again, I've never been a part of anything like that, nor nor Ragbri itself. It's um, it's just this amazing. Um, I, I, again, it's the human interest story that goes across the Iowa, and it starts in January with that with that route announcement party. They, like you mentioned, it gets broadcast, and we see our viewers go up every year with the with the route announcement party. People viewing it online, the attendance is is you know in the thousands each year. So. Um, Ragbri is this special event that everybody wants to be a part of, and everybody wants to book their hotel. If they're not campers, they want to book their hotel rooms that night. And if, right. if you were for the Route Announcement Party in 2020 and, and any preceding ones, um, the number of people that were on their cell phones as I was announcing the towns was an, <laughs> was an amazing thing because they're all on Priceline.com or Booking.com and booking hotel rooms as I as I announced the, uh, the route that night. So uh, just, uh, again, what, what a great opportunity for the community to be a part of that. I know people that look at it like it's a game of chess. I know people that are <laughs> guessing where the route's going to be, and they book all these hotels. I mean, in oh, case sure. the town is there, and then when the route comes up, they spend three days canceling those hotels because <laughs> they had their route and it's just mind-boggling terry <laughs> that's right 
Yes, being from Iowa, of course, we traditionally talk about the weather because what the weather is like today will be different tomorrow. (laughs) And being being an outdoor event, what should riders prepare for (laughs) when it comes to the weather? Ooh, everything. Hot and muggy. Yes. <laughs> Hot. We saw, yeah, for, fortunately, we didn't have much rain this year in 2021, this past oh. July, but we certainly had some 90, 95 degree days and super humid as Iowa normally is. So they should prepare for everything. And that's kind of what we, in the communications that we have with riders leading up to July, um, they should really prepare for everything. And again, we work with, and that, and that can include, you know, some inclement weather and, and some severe weather. So we work with the communities, the overnight towns and and uh, the pasture towns that to make sure that they have some emergency shelters on hand too, and some way to and ways to get them to those locations at the same time. So um, anything and everything. So carry a lot of water, stop often to get some water and uh, bring some food with you and stop to get some food in those overnight and pass through towns, obviously. So uh, to answer, short answer to that question is definitely prepare for everything. Um, have the miles, because they had a, a poster on the bus that uh, in the 70s that they had uh, the ride yeah. for was something like 590, almost 600 miles. And yet, yeah. Jay, when you did it, do you remember how long yours was? Because it was about that time, wasn't it? I have no clue. We just rode and rode. I mean, I assume we did because, again, my memory is a little hazy. Why was it hazy, Jay? I mean, something like that. Why do? Why don't you remember it? You know, I was having a really good time. <laughs> well, that's, that's the whole point. Yes, exactly. No, but didn't they have a? They had kind of an in the beginning. There was an Iron Man. I mean, it was six hundred miles. Or something, sure. it, yeah. it, it was like un- unbelievable. In, fa- in fact, the first edition, 1973, with, with John and Don, they only had six days. It was six days of riding, so they had some 100-mile days in there. It was normal days. I mean, we talked about the century <laughs> before, but there were normal days that were 100 days. So there were some long, long stretches there. We didn't, we, you know, hopefully, you know, my goal as a ride director is to not, not to duplicate that because we, will, we want to make it as accommodating to everybody as possible. But, um, yeah, the average day this year, you know, this year is probably 65, 70 miles. So there's some long days. The One of the things that I love about Ragbri are the lies that follow it. Like, you hear the rumors that Lance Armstrong's coming, or that the map says that it's 23 miles, it says it's 93 miles, it's really just 45. I mean, have you heard some, and, it, and what people come up with is, have you ever come across some of them where people give you this bogus information, and you're the guy that organizes it, and you're like, what? <laughs> I heard some tall tales actually in Sac City this year. Again, it was an 84-mile day. And yeah, it I was. Unfortunately, yeah. it was our, <laughs> was our first day. But I heard some stories of people claiming they rode 110 and 115. I'm like, well, it was definitely 84 miles. And now you may have felt like 160, but it was only 84. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and maybe a little bit, you know, the headwind were 50-mile-an-hour headwinds and things like that. So, um, which is great. You know, the storytelling, again, if there's anything – Anything that comes out of Ragbri, in my experience, it's the storytelling. People, and I could sit down with a single person that's done it two or three times only, and I could probably spend a day and a half about the stories that they had for those, those experiences with Ragbri itself. So, um, you know, game, I love the, love the stories with Ragbri, and hopefully that tradition continues as well. Jay, you got a question? Yeah, so I'm interested in the medical supports that are there. Ragbri is a physically demanding activity um, and you know you can have everything from heat prostration and dehydration to accidents 
where people are falling and, and sometimes, you know, involved in, in multiple uh, falls. So what kind of medical support do you guys have um, to sort of make sure that, that if something, heaven forbid, does happen, uh, that you are there to provide the kind of assistance that, that would be needed? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have we have two a, a twofold answer to that, two layers of support that we provide, actually three. So we we uh, contract with a company called Care Ambulance, which normally operates on the eastern end of the state, uh, not too far from you, I'm sure. And uh, a guy named Bob Libby actually heads that organization. So we have that relationship with that organization, and they provide dedicated support for all of our riders for each day of RAGBRAI. So that includes. Uh, uh, ambulances that includes motorcycles and uh, medics and paramedics and uh, EMTs, everybody in between. It's it's a great level of support, and they provide for. And again, they dedicate that to all of our riders for Ragbri. And generally speaking, they operate from town to town. And then the second layer of that is that the town EMS facilities, obviously, and agencies actually provide the support within town. So once you got into Sac City, for example, the the uh, Sac City uh, medical support in the hospital there provide a lot of lot of support for people that are coming in that needed medical support within the towns, and that happens with all the pass through towns as well. So, uh, so that's the first two layers of support that we provide. And obviously, if it's a hot day like we had on our first first two or three days for Ragbri this year, um, our sag wagons, our support vehicles, were running overtime, making sure people that uh, that couldn't couldn't make it to the end of uh, the ride that day that they get, they were able to get into an air conditioned van and and take a shortcut over to the next overnight town. So it's, it's, and again, we'll, you know, maybe some basics first aid for those folks, but basically it's, it's those three layers. And again, the primary layer is the, is the relationship we have with care ambulance for the event. And that, that's just a great partnership we have with those folks and they provide some great, great support, um, real professional support for ride by riders. Um, a guy I know who's rode for years and obviously he's not young, <clears throat> uh, but he was in the service and he said the only organization that he ever saw operate on such a massive scale of getting people from point A to point uh, B is the military. And and when you're talking about, like, you know, the uh, ambulance services or the SAG, when you're on the road and you see that, it is totally mind-boggling how you guys have the logistics down. And, and it, you guys have it really down. Yeah, I mean the goal, and I'm I'm a I'm an engineer by training years and years ago, so I, I kind of look at it from that perspective. That um, uh, if we don't get the logistics and the schedules and, and things like that right, then something's going to go wrong, and it's going to impact everybody, not just the riders, but the community at large. So um, it's really really important that we work and focus on the logistics part of thing. And again, the the, the medical support is is not a small part of that. Again, I mentioned state patrol as well, um, and and. And, and, and you mentioned the military. It's, if RAGBRAI is nothing else, and it, it does a lot of different things, obviously, for the communities, but it's a giant people-moving exercise across the state. So we want to make sure that everybody, um, everybody's uh, accommodated for all abilities, all the communities, for example, um, and also the community members. Again, we're only there for one day of the year, right? right. So if we're, if we're, if we're uh, clogging up the, the streets in, a, in an unsafe way for the overnight towns or any of the pass-through towns, in a way that the local residents aren't able to access their emergency services, then that's a problem. So we have to make sure that all those details are worked out in advance as well. So, um, again, we pride ourselves on the logistics part of things. And, um, you know, it's not always perfect, but, you know, we, we, we aim to please for, 
for all of our riders and all of our community supporting community members. And it amazes me how you have in that that equation to pull off the bell curve of the partiers in mayhem, always at the top, <laughs> and it somehow works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do our best. Do our yes, best. you do. We would like to thank our guests for the 428th show, Dieter Drake, Director of Operations for Ragbri, who talked to us about the Ragbri cycling race. The History Buster Today show were Jay Swords and Terry Toppler. You can listen to ROIs. It's being broadcast on Friday nights on KALA HD2 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALA HD2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at SoundCloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find ROI shows. You can also find ROI on all your favorite streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.